Hey everyone, you are listening to Real Conversations with Jacob Young. It's sponsored by Boys Town. Boys Town has been saving children, healing families for over 100 years. Please go to boystown.org to find out how you can help or donate to the girls and boys of Boys Town. Also brought to you by Next Generation Storytellers, changing the game for student filmmakers, one movie at a time. Now my guest this week is a South African actress and an icon who... Most American soap fans will remember as the scheming princess Jillian Andrasi on the classic TV show, All My Children. Well known in her native country, she started in, in South Africa television, the drama Egoli, Place of God, and hosted the children's show KTV. Now, one of her many accolades is being voted one of the 50 most beautiful women in television. She's also won the prestigious South African Awards Sunday Times Woman of the Year, previously won by Charlize Theron. There's a social media campaign that's begun for her to once again appear opposite of Cameron Matheson, joining him on General Hospital. Now, my guest this week is the very beautiful Esther Terblanche. You know what time it is. It's time to keep it real with Real Conversations with Jacob Young. Esther, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the beautiful intro, and it's so great to be here with you, Jacob. Thank you so much for for having me today. It's nice to catch up with you, especially since we both lived in the infamous Pine Valley, Pennsylvania. Yes, I know. How how wonderful. How yeah, so and we never met. So no, it's I, really wonderful to meet here. Yeah, it is. It's really nice. Really, really lovely. Now, lovely. L- l- let me ask you, what was your childhood like growing up in a place as far from the United States as South Africa? It was really wonderful. I mean, I didn't know of anything else. You know, that's you just that's what you know. But it was it was such a blessing for me. Um, I I grew up part in in a in a little town called Rustenburg and then uh, weekends we would go to our farm we had a game farm and during the school holidays we would go there so I I really grew up on a farm with animals so I have a huge love for animals and I I'm happiest when I'm just around animals and with animals. And um, I think that really grounds me, just being with animals. And whenever there were injured animals or animals that if the mommy died or something happened, I would raise them. So, yeah, a big part of my life was just Mm. with animals. And the funny thing is, with the animals, playing with the little animals, I started thinking about being in the movies you would never think that here on a farm in africa i started thinking about hollywood and and the movie industry mm. and that's where the idea started to to take place for me yeah well that's you know, we're not so far removed i grew up on a farm myself we raised cattle um and of course being in such a remote place for me like I felt like Hollywood was like another planet. It was totally on a, a different direction. So I, I thought for sure, like I would never be able to even dip my toes into that that realm. 
even though I, I knew that I wanted, I was involved with all the, the theater stuff and I was involved with all the choirs. So it sounds like uh, that was something that, you know, uh, that was very similar to me. One question I have, though, is so where you grew up, geography, you know, geographically speaking, like more near Joburg or Cape Town, where were you at? It was not close to Cape Town at all. It was about, um, I would say, a three-hour drive from Joburg. And the farm was on the border of Botswana. Yeah, I've been to Botswana. Oh, you have? Yeah, I've been to South Africa. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes. So the Rustenburg, back in the day, it was not even on the map. It was so small. It was literally like a little village, town almost. Now it's it's on the map. You can find it. It's bigger now. Um, But... Yes, so it's about uh, three hours from Johannesburg, yes. Okay, so I know where you're at. Yeah, yeah, I I relatively have a pretty good idea. I spent a few weeks down there. Um, Wow. Yeah, it was was life-changing. You know, it was was great because everywhere I went, everybody said, welcome home, welcome home. That's what they said over and over again. I was like, wow, you know, there's a very good chance this was the cradle of life. The beginning, at least, but it was, but I, I, you know, I just loved, yeah, the culture, the people, um, and of course, I was on a show, Bold and the Beautiful, as well. So that's that's the reason it took me down there, and that show, of course, is you know, it still is uh, resonating with people down in South Africa. Um, that show was huge. Ever, yes, it was a huge show. I mean, my best friend, we would have the biggest fights because I would go over to her house when I was in like. Uh, standard six which was like seventh grade and i would go play with her like you know we would go like play dates like you go over to and play and she would just sit and watch bold and i'm like (laughs) are you watching bold again (laughs) and i would get so mad (laughs) it was a huge thing in south africa oh it was yeah it it was it was incredible i i never seen anything like it i was like wow this is this is crazy i mean i think i might move to south africa just because of the love i was like man wish i could get that in the states but you know, you know, you speak uh, several languages fluently. In, in in America, you know, we're not known for teaching our kids more than one language. How does speaking in so many native tongues help you better understand the humanity of others? I don't really speak so many languages. No, I, you don't. No, I speak Afrikaans fluent, uh, fluently. Yeah, that is the language I grew up. In. Well, so you speak two languages at least. Yes, yes. Well, that's more than me, so you beat me there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I try to speak the basics in, speak a bit of like, you know, German and, and, and French, like just the basics to get along with most languages, um, Russian, and I can kind of follow a conversation I'm I'm trying to speak um, Spanish. I think it's I think it's good to um, to be able to communicate with somebody in their language. But yeah, it's for me. It was really difficult when I when I came to America when I had to speak English. I actually had a really hard time on on all my children remembering all the lines in English. I bet. 
that was difficult for me. And I and Cameron, I have to give it to him. He was amazing. He would just yeah. help me with with the scenes a lot. Yeah, he's a very giving human being. Uh, I love Cameron as everybody does because what's not to love about him? He's a really wonderful, beautifully open-hearted human being. Um, but I totally can re- relate with the idea of speaking to somebody in their native language, even if you're attempting to do it. You know, it's it's even the effort goes a long way with anybody you know who's from another country, even if they can speak English. Uh, I've I've noticed that uh, it's been a, a great asset to at least give it a shot. Yes, I think so, definitely. Now. As someone who is, has been voted one of the most beautiful women on television, do you think it helps or hurts beautiful women who are taken seriously? Now, I know this because I was voted one of the 50 most beautiful people also years and years ago. Now, my aging has happened. I'm 44 years old now, and, and I know it's hard to see, but, but, uh, but no, I've, always wondered this, <laughs> I've always wondered what other people think about this. You know... I try not to think about that too much. Honestly, didn't even pay much attention to it. Like PR told me about it and they showed me the magazines and they gave it to me and it kind of went in the one ear and out the other ear. I actually got voted twice and I didn't want to like think too much of it. And I don't know. I, I, don't think I ever really pay too much attention to it. Maybe subconsciously a little bit, but I, it was kind of like I was just in denial of it. Like, yeah, well, I mean, it's a massive prestige to be put on a, someone and, and you go, well, why not this other person? Or, I mean, after that, I was like, for me, it was like, well, I better go to, you know, get a, a facial now and I better work out a little bit more at the gym because I've, I got to live up to this expectation I guess that's maybe why I ask. Yeah, I think for me, I just uh, it, I I don't even know what to say right now. Honestly, like Th- that's all right. You don't need to know what to say. It, it, it's it's that's a difficult question. I mean, again, that's you know, and, and that's something we like to delve in on real conversations. Is I like to get into I people's almost, heads a little bit. I never even put this in my bio. Like I never. <laughs> you're the first person to know this. Like to, to, I, I. Well, like, it's because I was in, I was in one of those one of those years in the magazine. I, I was like, well, that's really interesting. Yes, like I was really shocked. Like I couldn't even believe it i thought for sure is this a mistake did they accidentally put my photo there like a, um i remember i had no, to wait. ask robin she was pr she was so amazing and i said to her are you sure is this for real and she's like yes it's for real <laughs> um yeah well that's wonderful you know you know look how did you feel about it? I, I, you know, I was, when it, when it happened to me, I was like 20 years old and I was like, oh, dude, this is the best thing in my life. Like, I was like, this is crazy. People magazine saying that I'm like, I'm like, I, I thought I was like riding high, but the crash came, came afterwards. You know, it was like, because, you know, I, you know, like young actors, things are popping, things are happening and, you know, your ego can get away from you and it's taking me decades you know to figure this out since um you know that you know these things don't last you know they don't sustain you know especially and if it does it's for that like very small percentile so i had to really have that come to terms with god moment in my life like look 
you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to live up to that expectation. It's okay for you to fall down. It's okay for you to be seen in an embarrassing moment because I was so worried about perfection because suddenly this thing, this crown was anointed on me by People Magazine. I was like, this is crazy. I can't, I can't even fathom this. And how do I live up to that expectation? And it's like that old saying. It's like, you're only as good as your last film or your last project. And so my mind just totally you know, ran away with that. Um, and it was only for a, a, a blink in my career where I, I was like that. I got a little ego. But I realized, you know, I forgot about that kid that grew up on the farm, like we were just talking about. You know, I forgot about that person. And it all made a full circle. And all came back around and I... You know, uh, but that's why I asked, because like for me, it was it was uh, it was a weird experience. You know, I I thought, you know, I, I could just walk into any place. I was invincible. I was like, hey, and it wasn't just that. There was a lot of things at that time that were like happening in my career. And so I was, you know, I was I was trying to live that Hollywood lifestyle, that image, being out, being seen, shaking hands, meeting people. Um, you know, you know, who's going to be the next, uh, you know, director I'm going to meet and I'm going to be on his film, you know, I'm just all of that. And, you know, it just ultimately wasn't the most important thing in my life. It was, you know, finding who out who I was, I didn't even know who I was at that age. It was it was a great feeling. But also at the same time, it was I don't know, I don't think it was great for me at the time as a person to accept because it took me down a path that I didn't like about myself. That's great that you could realize that. Yeah, no, it, yeah, you have to, you have to. I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess. I mean, if you if you want to become a complete human being, right? Yeah, that's that's the thing to become a complete human being and to come to that realization is so important. Yes. Do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I'm the baby of the family. I'm the youngest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You see, I I think for me it really helps to have my two brothers. They just keep it so freaking real for me. Like, I cannot even think about, or I, I can, but I, I, the moment I try to think of getting caught up in anything, they just snap me right out of it so fast. Yeah. You know, so, it, 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 siblings and family are really good at doing that. And I know that too, personally, because there was a time when all that was happening, what I was just mentioning. And my mom, I think she was more caught up in my career than I was. And she wasn't involved in it to begin with from the beginning, but she was caught up because all these great things were happening. Accolades were happening. And my sisters literally said, if you mention anything about Jacob again, we are not going to talk to you. Um, And I think it was a wake up call for them. It was a wake up call for her. And then when I heard that story, I was like, I get it. I get it. Like, you know, enough, too much is too much. And, you know, I have to start thinking about putting other people first. You took a little break from acting. Yes, I did. So w- what initiated that? Well, you know, why did you take a break for a while? I kind of think of the same reason why you, what you just said now. I just needed to focus on me and find me. And it was a, it was a whole healing path I wanted to go down and work on, on me and focus on other people. Yeah, beautiful thing. It's difficult to explain, but it just was time for me to really focus and and work on on life outside of the whole acting business. You mean there's more to life than just the acting business? Is there? (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, it, it, for me, it was, that's all I knew. I started at 17 years old and, you know, worked in the business, you know, I still work in the business, but, um, worked, you know, in daytime soaps for 25 years, you know, and it was a huge part of my life and I walked away from it. I walked away because I was no longer satisfied. Um, I was no longer feeling challenged. Um, I had put all of my other hobbies, all of my other things that I wanted and thought about in my life that I wanted to create. It was putting it all on hold every time I signed those contracts. And because, you know, you, you know, you know how, how busy those shows can be. And so, yes. so I finally said enough was enough. I was miserable and I decided that I wanted to focus on things and, and not only focus on the projects that I wanted to work on, but also more outreach work and, and be able to give back and something that was more rewarding than just showing up to a set and, um, you know, reciting some lines for the sixth time in the week became monotonous for me, but I, I'm respected, you know, I'm not saying I don't, I loved being a part of those shows. I love being a part of the cast. I love being, knowing the cast members and working with the creative minds. But for me, I was dying inside. Yes. I, I, I completely understand you. And do you feel better, uh, like fulfilled in a different sense now that you did that? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I, when I, when I let go, I trusted my instincts and walked away. It was tough. It was tough for like first two years because, you know, there was no steady income. I had to reinvent, I had to re-get agents and, and start thinking creatively in that aspect. But, um, the freedom was so fulfilling. The freedom of no longer going, am I in the next script? What's happening in the storyline? Why didn't I get written into this show? You know, like those constant things that are just like going on, wondering if, you know, if you're coming or you're going. And I had confidence I was always going to be working in some facet, but that was killing me. It was killing my internal spirit to have to think about that. It was a horrible place for me to live in. And I feel like a lot of soap people over the years have gone through that. I watched my friends go, come and go on shows. And, and I've seen that happen, that aspect to them where they're just so concerned and I don't think that's any way to live life is to be concerned about, you know, where that next job is coming from in that aspect. Um, and I just decided that, you know, once I felt that freedom, that was it. Like I was like, I was addicted. I was like, I can do what I want. This is the first time I can get out there and really make my own decisions creatively. And yeah, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And now I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I feel, I feel blessed every day. I'm able to you know, work from home, wake up when I want to, create what I want to, work when I want to, make the movies I want to, work with the actors I want to. And that's, that's been the best feeling ever. Yeah. Good for you. That's, <laughs> that takes guts. That's, that's, that's very gutsy. Yeah, I'm proud of you for that. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, I mean, I just, I, you know, I also, you know, knew that you know, there's, there's a time like, yeah, my good friend, Ken Schreiner, I always remember this, you know, he's on, you know, General Hospital, been on General Hospital for years, you know, Scotty Baldwin. He'd always say, Jacob, you got to know when to get in and you got to know when to get out. And I always thought, what does that mean? Well, that means business meetings, personal meetings, TV, whatever, just knowing timing, feeling it. No, don't, don't overstay your welcome. And I felt like for me, I'd overstayed my welcome and it was time for me to, to move on. But let me, let me ask you this though, enough about all that. Um, uh, in interviews, you, you said that being on daytime TV, of course, was one of the best times of your life. It was the best time of my life too. 
Um, not, not to, you know, say that what I was talking about earlier, uh, because I made some of the best friends, but why were your All My Children days so special to you? Because I've never lived in New York. I've, so that, that was a big new experience. It was great to be on All My Children. Best show ever, by the way. I just have to say, it was by far the best show that I've ever worked on. And I worked on two killer shows, Bold and Beautiful General Hospital, but Bold, I'm sorry, All My Children, one of the best shows, one of the best cast uh, ever. Just that's what I'm putting that out there. Wow. So, so New yeah. York, being on All My Children, what did it mean to you? Working with Cameron was just amazing. And, um, just all the cast and just being on, on my first American big production, everything. And I was just so grateful, you know, I, I was just very grateful and it was just a great experience. How, how did the job come about on All My Children? I'm sure you've answered this questions a thousand times over the years, but I don't know. And maybe my viewers and listeners don't know. I went to audition for um, a different part on all my children. And um, they said, we really like her. She was great, but she was too young for the part. It was for some doctor. And um, they said, but we want to write something for her. And I thought, yeah, that will never happen. <laughs> Why would they write something for me? So I did not believe that. And about three weeks later, we get a call. My agents got a call saying we want to fly her to New York to screen test for this role we wrote for her. And I couldn't believe it. And they, so they really did write something. So they flew me to New York to screen test. Mm -hmm. That's how I got the part. How did it feel when you got the role? Oh my goodness. I, I was so happy. I was so, it, it was a lot because I had just, kind of got settled in in Los Angeles and I just found my feet like I, I just got it adjusted to America to a new new country and and then I had to move again mm-hmm. I was like really like I was asking God are you serious again <laughs> I have to move again I don't know if I can do this so I was happy, but I was terrified, and I was kind of upset, Yeah. too. I almost didn't want to do it. Yeah. But, but that happened during the screen test. Like, I, I messed up the, in the first screen test. I was, like, thinking, I don't know if I really want this. Like, do I really want to move again? Because it's a lot for me to, to move and to get readjusted. Like, it... it you know, I, I, it's a lot for me. Um, I get used to something and then I just want to be there. Right. And then I said, no, stop it. Like if you're supposed to be here, if you're supposed to get it, then, then you will. And if you're not, you won't. So yeah, when I got it, I took it as, okay, I'm meant to be here. I'm supposed to be there. So yeah, no, I was very, very happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can relate because, uh, I was, I had just finished, General Hospital, I'd done, a, I'd done a movie, and producers at All My Children called me. I'd only visited New York for, you know, various reasons over the years. Really knew nobody out there. I remember 
I needed a change at that time in my life and then moved to New York and, and of course, had no idea my bearings. I didn't know what was north, what was south, what was east, what was west. I had no idea, like, where I was going. Um, it was really, really terrifying. It was incredibly terrifying. And then, of course, now I had to make an impression on all these new casts, which you know very well. Um, yes. And, you know, they're expecting, you know, some greatness or something that they can go, yeah, great. We're so excited to have you. And so it was the first... I think the first few months I was just riddled with anxiety, scared, uh, cried. Uh, I had gotten out of a relationship to, you know, that had just happened before that, before the move, but it was exactly what I needed. But after about three months, I was like, I was in the groove. I was, the New York was happening, you know, and, and, and it was a great experience. I mean, I couldn't imagine doing that now. I'm married with three kids. I couldn't have a family in New York City, nor would I want them to be raised in New York City. Um, there's no amount of money I think I would want to have my kids in New York City at this point. Uh, you know, in 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 you know, as far as yeah, but you know, we go there, we visit, we you know, we you know, do the whole you know, do Broadway, check all those things out. But uh, but yeah, it was a great time for me too, uh, and I can totally relate to that. It was exciting. It was very exciting, and that was I think the most exciting thing is that I'd only been on shows that were on the West Coast. And to be actually working as an actor in New York City was pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, it was. I, I, I thought that would be great to say one day, you know, one day to look back and say, I worked in, in New York. Yeah. And, you know, there's a different stigma as far as New York is concerned versus Los Angeles. And I'm going to let everybody know out there what that's all about, because for many years, uh, and I grew up in that era of soaps starting in 1997, where they're like, well, they're a soap actor, not a real actor, which makes no sense at all, because you're literally the blue collared actors of the world. You're doing more heavy lifting as far as, you know, uh, memorization and acting. You're literally doing a new play every single day. When, but when you go to New York and you're working on, say, All My Children, or if it was One Life to Live, Guiding Light, any of those shows at the time, New Yorkers would be very respectful about your art. Did you find that to be one of those things? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're incredibly respectful. In fact, you know, once they found out I was on a show, there was a restaurant I could go every week and somebody was comping the meal. And that's no joke. I mean, like, for real. It was like, that's how much they loved, you know, having people in TV and and film in New York City. It was was a wonderful experience and so much different from the jaded Los Angeles scene that's – you know, in that, that aspect, you know, because, you know, the casting directors and stuff would be like, I don't really want to hire this guy. He just came off of a soap. And I can't tell you how many times I heard that in my career. I'm like, well, what's the difference? I mean, I, I've worked, you know, pound for pound, scene for scene, more than any of those actors that you're hiring. Yeah, that's so true. Now, yeah, you've already achieved so much in your career. What's, you know, what's out there for you to still conquer? What do you want to conquer? <laughs> That's a good question. I um, I would like to to get back into acting. Like to get into filmmaking. Would like to be involved somehow with animals more and helping people. Not not exactly sure how, but yes, something like that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Now. You have a cancer charity or it's a new cancer charity? Yes, yes. Is there something specific that's driving that? Yes. I lost my mom to brain cancer 
and my dad has cancer and I just feel there's so many people affected by that, that it's time that we come up with a cure. I'm sorry, first of all, um, for your family suffering, um, but I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you know, all the money and uh, the things that are happening, AI, for instance, they're saying that they've already like AIs are already starting to put those, those, those building blocks of how we can cure people. So God, I hope so. Um, because I've been affected by cancer in my life. Um, you know, oh. ma- many people in my family, including my mother. Um, and so I am with you on that. I think that would, it's, it's long overdue. Yes, it is. And I think it's not so out of the question as people make it to be. Like, I think it's within our reach. I think it is. It's time. Like, it, it, it is the time now, like, to get that cure. And, and it's there. It's there. It's time to, to let it surface. Yeah. I, I do believe so. And is there a name to your charity? <laughs> yeah, it's the Breakthrough Foundation. The breakthrough, the breakthrough Foundation. Yes. Great. You know, all my guests, uh, they take a ride on the Jacob Young time machine. What would you like to go back in time and say to your teenage self? That's a really good one. Um, you know, to not worry so much about, and, and this is really funny, I always thought I'm, I'm not pretty. To lo- like to not worry about it, yeah. Well, I'm seeing you right now, and I know that that's not true. But so, you, so if you were to go back in time, you would basically say, "Look, it's you know, go easy on yourself." Yeah, but don't worry if you're not pretty. Like, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Beauty is is it's about your spirit. Like, it's about the inside. Beauty is really not that important. It's really about what's coming from the inside. Yeah, that's true. That's the true beauty for sure. Yeah. You know what, what you can offer this world, right? I guess it was an old expression back in the day when I was a kid. It was like, you know, looks can only get you so far, but you better know something after that. Um, yeah. and that always resonated with me. I was like, well, I don't want to be just a good looking ah. face when I walk into a room. I want to be able to know something I want to be able to also choose the person that's probably the most influential that I'm going to be able to make the biggest impact with, not from physical attributes, but more of uh, a business mind or something that I may have in common with them. Yes. So that's, so that, that is, that's such a, such a powerful thing, you know, is, is to go easy on yourself and, and, and forgive yourself. Like, you know, it's not, you know, not so much so important to be obsessed with those things or think about those things and, and, and let people see the inner beauty. The other question, uh, on the podcast, uh, it, it's my sponsor boys town. They have a motto. It's he ain't heavy. He's my brother. And just like the song, but it actually goes way back before that. Uh, father Flanagan, who, uh, ran boys town in the very beginning of the turn of the century, there was one boy that was there that the boys would take turns. It's when they had like really no money was, you know, it's all been based off of donations. So they didn't even have medical equipment to be able to give kids that were, you know, paraplegic. So some, sometimes boys would take, they would take turns carrying uh, this one boy around to football games, to class. And one day father said, isn't he heavy? He said, he's not heavy father. He's my brother. Aww. Even though these were all abandoned children. 
right? They're all banded children from, from the Great Depression. So with that being said, in our lives, we have people who carry us from time to time. Who's carried you, Esther? Rudy Repstein. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Yeah. My brother, Hanko. For me, it's been an army of people. I think about it every day and I go, oh man, they did that too for me. They helped me out. And there's no right or wrong answer. I always think it's such a beautiful thing to reflect on and think about. Is, you know, it is an army of people. It, you, it, it is an army of people. You can't just name one person. And also it's different people at different times. Right. And it could be animal friends too, right? Oh my gosh. There you go. <laughs> For me, it's always the animals. I have like five squirrels, <laughs> my cats, uh, definitely. Well, that's absolutely beautiful. Asta, I want to thank you so much for taking time, and I'm sure your fans will take to social media to show their support. Uh, of course, you return to daytime television. We look forward to seeing you on our screens again soon, and, and good oh. luck with, with all of your personal and professional endeavors. Thank you so much. And you're so lovely. And thank you so much for today. It was so great to speak with you. And um, yeah, thank you for having me on your show. What a what a honor. Thank you. No, thank you. And that's about all the time that we have for this week. But the Boys Town toll-free national hotline, 1-800-448-3000, is a 24-7 crisis resource referral number for kids and their parents. And they're always there to help anyone having suicidal thoughts, risking any type of self-harm, parenting problems, physical, sexual, or emotional abuse, stress, anxiety, anger problems, school problems like bullying, peer pressure, and chemical dependency. If you're suffering with any of these issues or you just need someone to talk to, someone is there for you 24-7. Just call the Boys Town National Hotline at 1-800-448-3000. Now, you don't feel like talking? You can text voice to 20121. That's 20121. Text voice. Someone will get back to you immediately. Boys Town, saving children, healing families. Till next time, love each other and love yourself.